Welcome to Meets with Keats, a podcast where we describe how to survive and thrive in your middle school and high school years using God's Word and our experience leading hundreds of students at Denton Bible Church. To learn more about Denton Bible Student Ministries, visit us online at dbcstudents.org. So, sit back, relax, you are now live with Keats. Keats here from Israel, reporting in. We're standing on top of Mount Carmel. confronting the prophets of Baal or Baal whatever you want to call it this happened here and fire came down Mount Decision you can also call this place decisions have to be made overlooking the same area on this mountain you can see the Jezreel Valley where the famous battle in Revelation 16 will happen or judgment um, from God Armageddon, as it's also called. It's going to happen right here. Big deal, big potatoes. Um, God, um, but as always, God is slow. Um, his judgment is slow. His grace extends um, beyond anything we can ever imagine. Powerful being up here, seeing the entire valley, and where it will all end. Howdy, world. You are now live with Keats. So grab yourself a cup of coffee. Or continue if you're if you're driving right now. Continue to stare uh, at the road. That's great. Uh, if you're whatever you're doing, if it's the morning, if it's the afternoon, evening, welcome and thank you for tuning in to the first official podcast for Meets with Keats. We did have this little intro, but this is the first official one. So thank you for your support and thank you for the the time to listen to this. And um, this is going to be a great time for us just to lean in and to hear about what's happening in Israel. And I have oh so much for you guys, some surprises along the way. This We're going to set the stage here. That's one of my main goals. I want to set the tone uh, for what these podcasts are going to look like. And so uh, hang on with me. Uh, we're going to kind of learn all this together. We have so much happening. I have to jump into this right now. As we speak, we are developing a special room in the Denton Bible Student Ministries building. We know it as the SMC, Student Ministry Building. It is two stories. And on the second floor, down the guy's hallway, we're working on making this studio. One of my coworkers, Justin, and I. And so we're going to actually be able to run our podcast from in there, and along with many other things. So it's going to work out great. So that's where we're going to be eventually. But until then, my office will do sufficiently. I want to give you a quick breakdown of what's upcoming. We're going to have this podcast, which is going to be covering the Holy Land, my Holy Land tour I got to go on. And and kind of like that. We have a holiday one coming up in December about where we have a very special Christmas album release. And I'm going to bring Justin in on that. Around January, I think January 1, we're going to launch that the third uh, podcast, New Year 2019. And so we're going to have a couple coming up here in the next few weeks. We're excited about that. So typically in these podcasts, I want to bring in a guest one of my friends, someone that works at this church, I'm going to bring them in and ask them some questions. That's typically what you see in a podcast. But we are going to have these special guests in. But today, I'm actually going to be the special guest because I've recorded. That sounds kind of weird. Keith, you're the host of the show. You can't really be a guest. Well, I understand that. However, I've recorded myself previously on my trip to Israel and I've recorded others. And I want to 
kind of just show that in this podcast. I want to let you hear it. I want to take you to Israel. I want you to hear the sounds. I just want to walk you through just some moments in Israel I really enjoyed. I love how at the church, at Passion City Church, Atlanta, Georgia, the way they encourage their families and people to go on this trip is we have the audience, hey, how many of y'all been to Disney World? And, you know, a lot of families raise their hand. Awesome. He's like, awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, how many of you been twice? And, you know, maybe some people put their hands down, but there's still a lot of hands up. How many of you been three times to Disney World? Your family, you've done the whole thing. You love it. A lot of hands still up. And then he asked them a simple question. Well, how many of you have ever been to the Holy Land? Almost like no hands. And he wasn't trying to just call them out. He's saying, look, I mean, you tell me, as believers, as followers of Christ, I mean, that should be, let's, let's move this. Let's not take off, you know, let's, let's not take off maybe Disney World from our bucket list. That's fine. That's not saying that's bad. But why don't we move up Israel? If Israel's like your seventh thing to do, why don't you just move it a little higher? Why not move that number one? If you're going to travel and see something, go to the Holy Land. So there I was in Atlanta, Georgia, early January at Passion 2018. And I heard them announce this announcement for the Holy Land tour. And I thought, by golly, that sounds awesome. And I'm going to graduate from seminary in May. There's any chance that I could go on this trip. If I can afford it, if I can find a way to go, I want to go. So I signed up for this eight-day trip in Israel, the Holy Land tour hosted by uh, Louis Giglio and Ben Stewart, who are pastors of Passion City Church. It's based out of Atlanta, where they have a, a plant now in D.C., led up by Ben Stewart. And, and I knew Ben through uh, Breakaway at A&M, and so it was fun to get to catch up with him there and meet a lot of different people from around the world, as I'll get to in a little bit. But what an opportunity. What a chance to go on this adventure um, where, where Jesus walked. And in this podcast, I just want to tell you a little bit about those eight days, what we got to see, and just why I want to encourage you to go to Israel. And so the main reason for this podcast, for this particular episode called The Holy Land, I just want to encourage you, man, get yourself to Israel one day. It's definitely, it's God's will for you to go to Israel. That's what I was told all throughout seminary. And at first when I would hear that, you know, throughout chapel, Mark Bailey would say that. Think, well, yeah, of course, it'd be great to go. But seriously, y'all. There's nothing I can say in this podcast. That's why I recorded it there. There's nothing I'm going to tell you here um, that can do it justice. You just have to go. You call it pilgrimage. Call it whatever you want. Um, but this is where uh, Jesus walked. This is the stories uh, we see in the Gospels and throughout the New Testament. And yes, we don't worship the stone. We don't worship ground. That's not why we go. We worship the person who walked on the, that stone and that ground, Jesus it's all about him, so why not go there and get to see, smell, hear the sights and sounds where Jesus was born, where he grew up, his traveling up to Jerusalem, and then a few sites where they believe, yes, he was he was killed and crucified, and he died, and they put him in a tomb. And then now you go to any site, and it doesn't matter what you see, because it's kind of underwhelming in the best possible way, and you're like, what? Because it's an empty tomb. Our God, our Savior, Jesus, is not there. He's in heaven. We don't, we don't have a body in the tomb. It's underwhelming in that way, in the best possible way. It's like, well, this is great. I appreciate the stonework. This is kind of nice and a little cozy in here. But Jesus ain't here, y'all. He rose again. He walked out of that. He got out of that tomb. And so it's great. We're going to pay our respects and see it and say, thank you, Lord, 
But man, we're so happy to have a living God, a God that's taken that little sting out of death for us, that sting out of sin. And now we can have life in Jesus' name. We can walk across the bridge of peace. By grace, we've been saved through this faith. It's a beautiful thing. So yeah, this eight-day trip was awesome. We get to fly in, and so there was, there was around 420, 420 people all across the world who got to come together in this trip. And literally, we're coming from all, all parts of the world, like I just said. And so I went on this trip kind of just as a step of faith, not knowing anyone. I love making new friends. I love adventures, if you don't know me. And so this was something I wanted to do because I just graduated seminary. So we all flew in, and then we had this welcome dinner, and you're looking around. And we're near Caesarea on the sea, this beautiful kind of lit room, and, and we're all just eating food together, just learning who each other are. We're all jet-lagged. We're all falling asleep. And then Louie and Shelly get up and have a great word about what this week's going to look like. And I'll never get one of the challenges Louie gave us. He said, you know what? You're all coming into this trip expecting a moment. You have it in your head. You're thinking your whole life, man, I can't wait to go to Israel. And you have that one thought in your head, I can't wait to get on the Sea of Galilee, or I can't wait to go up Mount Carmel, or I can't wait to, to kneel on the Garden of Gethsemane, or I can't wait to go to the Garden Tomb, or many other things. I can't wait to float in the Dead Sea, sure. And he simply said, you know what, let this trip, let this trip come to you. Let God use this trip in your life. I mean, you know, sometimes as believers we can say, all right, that's a guaranteed moment with the Lord. I'm going to have like this intimate moment. I'm going to take away. I'm going to learn. I'm going to reflect. It's going to be awesome. And sometimes that doesn't happen in our life. We may build it up in our heads and God's like, I'm not going to use that. Come on. I'm going to use something else. You had no clue. I'm going to use this trial in your life like never before. And we're sitting here like, oh, you're right, God. <laughs> we're human. You're God. We trust you. And Lou is simply saying, Man, let the trip come to you. Just enjoy it. Enjoy everything about it. And you'll have your moment. So that's how we began our journey. But it was actually interesting how we ended it as well. And, and in the Tower of David on the last night, a Sunday evening service, Louis gave a really good word. And that's kind of what I want to intro what he said about the trip. So this is post us seeing everything. And he compares it. He compares our experience, compares our journey, compares all the lessons, all the transformation to when Thomas was before Jesus. And Jesus extended his hands and said, hey, see for yourself. Touch my, touch my wounds. Know um, that I'm Christ and that I'm enough. Here's what he said. And I think for me, the word that's just been in my heart every single day on this week that we've spent in the holiest of lands is the word enough. God's just been talking to me about that. Have I done enough? Have I shown you enough? Have I come through enough <laughs> that you can put a marker in your life that says, I believe. If I never see another miracle from God in my life, I've seen enough from God in my life to believe Him, to worship Him, to honor Him, to follow Him, to tell the world about Him all the rest of my days with every breath I have. If God never did one more thing for me, He's done enough for me. I don't want to be in God would love for all of us to investigate because he knows 
what's underneath it all. And he knows that down at the bottom is the bedrock of who he is. And he just invites us, come on down through the Ottomans, come on down through the Crusaders, come on down through the Hasmoneans, keep coming on down to Herod's day, keep digging a little further over here, you'll get to Hezekiah's day, and then below that is the bedrock on which I built the city of God. Come and see what God has done. I don't despise your investigation. I welcome your investigation. I got nothing to hide, just something to show. I've got nothing to be afraid of, just something to unveil to you. And here's the beauty of it all in these days. Not one time has there been an archaeology, uh, archaeological discovery in these lands that we've traveled in that has cracked our story of the grace of God through Christ Jesus. Not one so true what louis just said man all the fairy tales are true when you go to the holy land you can see for yourself that all the things you've read in bible school growing up all those stories that just kind of look like maybe even letters on a page at times i mean it's tough to make these stories actually true maybe sometimes true in our mind we can get stuck in that mentality of it's just an old story uh, maybe it is a fairy tale but no it's not it's all true and as we just kind of heard that really just encouraged me to think of that one word enough and that God is enough for me. Jesus is enough for me that all the things I'm, I just turned 29 September and everything that God has shown me up to these years, it is enough. Maybe it doesn't do anything else for me. It's enough. Um, Jesus is enough. And going to Israel was just so much fun to see the sights and sounds, to be able to, to walk in those, the same place Jesus walked, to just sit, uh, to pray, just sit in silence to look out at the at the the wind just blowing through the trees and just get to think, man, Jesus is walking through here. Getting to think about what was it like having just Jesus having a normal meal with his disciples? What what was it like for them just to walk to a new town and what do they talk about that we don't see in the Bible? Let me now walk you through just a couple of highlights that really impacted me on the trip. So two specific sites. On this craziest moments for me was getting to see the Sea of Galilee. And that's usually a lot of people's, man, wah, like that's a lot of people's aha moments. Like, are you kidding me? This is incredible. So we got to hike up Mount Arbel and see it. And that's in Matthew 4, where it says, leaving Nazareth, he, Jesus, went and lived in Capernaum. From that time, he began to preach. And so he went to the this region in Galilee. So remember, he was born in Bethlehem. He's, he's, he's to be from Bethlehem. But Nazareth is his hometown. Jesus of Nazareth. That's his hometown. He grew up there. Awesome. So you got to see that. You get to you get to stand upon Mount Arbel and you get to see everything. It's an amazing view. You can see all of Sea Galilee. And one of the craziest things 
for me about being in Israel is just getting to, to see things and put in perspective, oh, so maybe that's why the author wrote it that way, or that's why that story was like that. Because, y'all, when you see the Sea of Galilee, you are kind of underwhelmed in the fact of it looks a lot smaller than you think, and it's a lot lower. Because the Dead Sea gets all the credit, but the Sea of Galilee is actually the lowest freshwater lake on earth. So we were on the sea, floating on the Sea of Galilee on this boat. And so we had some passion uh, pastors there. We had Brad, and we got to sing a little bit of melody on this boat. It was a really special time just to sit and to float and to think about the stories. You know, Jesus napping in a storm. Them, them paddling and rowing all night in the storm. And then seeing Jesus walk on water and freaking out. And a question I had when I saw it, because it was so peaceful, the sea, and so low, I'm like, well, how can there be this type of storm there? And Daniel, on the boat, kind of answered it. And so listen to this. It's very interesting. You see the Sea of Galilee like this. You don't imagine that when there is a storm here, you cannot navigate. The captains, they say, in winter, when the storm comes, you know, because we are deep, 700 feet below the sea level. It's like a hole, and the, the, the wind comes inside and begins to go around, and really, you cannot navigate. The Bible is true. Every small or, or, th- or, or big thing that you read in the Word of God is true. It's not an invention, not the, the, the storm, and not even that the Lord Jesus stood up and he calmed the storm in this place. So again, a, a very important place for our faith. And we want to take the opportunity, the, 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 the honor that we have to be in this place, to worship our Lord in this place, in the same place where he was ministering, walking on the water, calming the storm. And we can continue till tomorrow with the, the miracles that the Lord Jesus did here. And while we were actually on the boat floating on the, the Sea of Galilee, Brad from Brad Jones from Passion City gave a great word on how the storms of our life and comparing them to the storm the disciples were facing. Now that storm we just kind of heard from Daniel that they could be really powerful. And so, yeah, we don't really think of that. Yeah, the, it takes them forever to cross the sea that night facing the storm, the disciples. And then they're going to see Jesus walking on water. Brad's going to kind of give a great word on that. So just lean in and listen to this real quick. I said, when, what happened? said, in the fourth watch of the night, he, Jesus, came to them walking on the sea. We heard it, but come on, he was walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, let's just get that in there one more time because it was a miracle, they were terrified. And I'll be honest, I I used to get this. I mean, in my mind, I'm always like kind of dogging the disciples right here. I'm like, come on, y'all seen him do some miracles. You see him, you saw him. Like, you feed this 5,000 twice, and I don't know about all the order, or raise people up, cleans people from leprosy. I'm like, surely you should have figured out right now he was going to show up in the middle of the night walking on the water. And it says they were terrified. But I'm like, okay, uh, this will help me get the picture. That we're in the middle of the night, pitch black, no towns around that had a bunch of lights, and we've been working our butts off all night, you know. I'm like, I would have been terrified too. Because who does that? It's a ghost. That's scary. Yeah. And they cried out in fear. Mm. Terrified. They were afraid in this night, but fear is real in all of life. And I hope you'll hear the words of Jesus right now when he showed up. And he shows up.
same way to me and you and says, don't be afraid. So take heart, it is I. Do not. And then let's just keep going. Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, came to Jesus. But, 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 when he saw the wind, he was afraid again. And he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. That's what happens in my life. This is exactly what happens. I, I, I forget that Jesus is inviting me to something. Jesus is calling me to something. Jesus is saying, yes, there's waves. Yes, there's wind. But I'm inviting you to step out, do something amazing, do something courageous, do something unheard of, and walk with me on this path. Walk with me on this journey. Walk with me on the waves. Walk with me on the water. And that's awesome invitation from Jesus. But what happens is, I, I'm like Peter, I start looking at the challenges. Mm -hmm. I start looking at the wind. I start thinking following Jesus is crazy. I am start thinking that living my life different than the rest of the world is just going to only leave me with less. Made fun of. Missing out. Uh, not enough money in my bank account. You know, lame to the rest of my friends for being, a, you know, a Christian. And I start looking at the wind, and I start sinking. Mm -hmm. what, what, what was the problem? Jesus is like, I got something for you. I want to do something amazing in you and through you. I want you to follow me. I want you to walk with me. But what do we have to do? We just have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Keep our eyes on Jesus. That's the, that's the invitation of Another powerful time for me on this trip was getting to walk in the Valley of Allah uh, and get to see, it was a hot day and you're walking in the, you know, we're in a desert and you're walking there and, and it's not a tourist stop for a lot of people. There ain't no bathrooms there. There's no gift shop. You have to literally find a parking spot on the side of the road and walk there. No one really stops. They had to, we had to set up tents and, and sit under them and, and Louis came out and gave a great word on, of course, the battle that we know, the story we all know. But he challenged us with something that really stuck to me. How about us like becoming powerful enough to tackle these giants we have in our life? Because we all have these giants. You know, we tell students all the time that there's something in your life that you're facing that seems like a giant in your life. It's, a, it's, a, it's an addiction. It could be this anxiety that can just cripple you. It could be this trust issue. It could be fear, doubt, lust, anger. Whatever it is, there's something in your life. There's a giant in your life. And sometimes we just feel powerless. And we just feel like there's ain't no way this is going away. There ain't no way I can have victory over this, this thing, this blank in my life. And remembering the story and the perspective of, hey, you're, you're not David in the story, people. You're not David. In fact, you need a David. We need a David. And that's the whole idea. So listen to this. Hey, what do you mean I'm not David in the story of David and Goliath? Of course I'm David in the story of David and Goliath. But when my eyes were opened to see this story in a whole new way, it changed everything. Because you know, David didn't even think he was David in the story of David and Goliath. Like, what are you talking about? That crazy talking about? David knew that the giant was going down. But David knew that he wasn't going to be the one who took the giant. Oh, he was going to be involved in the process. But his confidence was not in himself. His confidence was in God. So when he said to Saul, I'm going to go out and fight him. 
nobody else will go, I will go. And Saul looks at this kid and he's like, no way, you mm. can go fight this giant. Look at you. You got no armor. You're too small. You don't stand a chance. And David said, I've got a resume. Let me, let me just flash a little bit of my uh, CV for you here. <laughs> when I was keeping my dad's sheep, you remember this verse? And a lion came and grabbed one of the sheep in its mouth. You know what I did? I ran after the lion. I struck the lion. I grabbed the sheep from its mouth, sent it back towards the pen. And then I went after the lion and I beat that lion <laughs> to death. <laughs> and I did the same thing to a bear. And then he said this, same God who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine giant. In other words, it's not David that's going to win the battle today. It's the same power of God that has won the battle every time I've been in David was saying, it's not me who's the star of the show here. It is God Almighty who is the star of the show. And I believe God wants you and I to make that shift today so that you don't leave this valley thinking, Flex your might and hear God say to you, you need to hulk up and bulk up. What's wrong with you? You don't need to hulk up. And you don't need to bulk up. You do not need to flex your might and try harder to take down your giant. You need to wake up today. And look up. And realize there is a giant slayer. David, where did he come from when he brought that bunch to his brother? Where do you think he's coming from? Where's David from? Bethlehem. A little shepherd boy from Bethlehem comes to the valley of Allah to take down the giant. So we speed up now till today when another shepherd came from Bethlehem into our valley story today is the person of Jesus. Do you see that shift with me today? Yeah. Mm. Can you see it? Can you see your spiritual story changing from it's all about me doing all these things to it's all about Jesus who's already done all these things for me. That was so powerful for me when the Lord said, you know, worship is our weapon. You know, in the, in the scene, just think about David standing there and this huge Goliath coming down from a hill. And David in that story, like he said, he's not even David in the story. It's, it's God. He's saying, in the name of God, I'm coming to you. And I'm worshiping him. Worship's my weapon. And for me, I was just getting to think inward about my own giants in my own life. And, and thinking through what those are. And getting to sit later in my hotel room and just ponder and read God's word and think, man, this giant I have in my life, man, thinking about worship is my weapon. Instead of just kind of sulking and having pity on myself and maybe even getting depressed over that and just sulking in the, in the sin 
and stagnant. Instead of doing that, why don't I be a little more aggressive? Why don't I kind of challenge this giant in my life with, with worship towards my God? Worship is my weapon. Because God has cut off the head of Goliath. He's done it. He's won. God has the power, not, not Keats. There's a guide inside of me. There's a helper inside of me, the Holy Spirit, who does, yes. But it doesn't lie with me and my flesh. But I will praise God all the more. And I will stand on that battlefield. And now, yeah, I'll throw a stone towards that giant, but it ain't me. It's God. He will deliver me. And I'm going to end this podcast letting you kind of look in and, and hear our group getting to sing a Christmas song in Bethlehem at the site where they believe the shepherds were told to follow the star and to and they'll find the baby Jesus that he's been born. We got to sing and think about the implications of angels, God choosing to go to shepherds, these smelly people, these unclean people, the message the beginning of the gospel, really, that Christ had to come down to earth, as Philippians 2 says, and humble himself, and eventually humble himself to the point of death. It's been a blast getting to do this podcast with you all. Enjoy this beautiful song. The Lord.